Welcome. You're listening to Strength for the Hour, the radio outreach of Fruit of the Vine Ministries in Louisville, Ohio. We're passionate about strengthening you with deep truths from the Word of God and bringing hope to the world through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life. So may you experience new life from this message today by John Davison. Father God, we invite you to this moment, Lord. We invite your presence into our atmosphere, Father. We want to hear your words of life. We want to hear truth, Lord, and we want to be set free from the lives that the enemy consistently tries to speak to us, Lord, Father. And we want to hear your voice, Lord, because you said that your sheep hear your voice, Father. You said that we would hear you, Father. We would listen. We would identify who you are, Lord. We would identify with you, Lord, that we would be your children, Father, and that we would be who you say we are, Lord. So today, Father, would you just join us, Lord, in spirit and in truth, Father. Rest your presence upon us, Lord, as the Holy Spirit is in us. We ask your Holy Spirit to rest upon us, to teach us who we are, and teach us all truths. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, God bless you, brothers and sisters. Listen, today I really would like to speak to you regarding the book of Matthew. I want to start in the very, very beginning. There's three topics that I want to discuss today. I want to talk about your earthly generation, your earthly heritage, if you will. The the, the genealogy that you have been brought up in uh, prior to Christ, or even right now, if you're not saved, if you don't know Jesus Christ, your earthly inheritance, being born of an earthly family. I want to speak to you about fear. I want to talk to you about fear, what God has to say about fear and and the fear that some people have about God, the fear that they have about not trusting God, not trusting what God is doing, and the fear of, of new things being birthed by God in their life that they don't understand. And I also want to talk about the the, the supernatural birth that can take place in your life if you're not a believer, and the supernatural birth that has taken place if you've already accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit of promise has been given to you as a deposit, an engagement ring to the inheritance that you have in the heavenly realms for your salvation. So I want to start in Matthew chapter 1. And we, we tend to overlook these things because we just think that, you know, what is this having it for me? But I actually want to talk to you about the genealogy that is actually in Matthew chapter 1, the genealogy of Jesus, because it's in there for a reason. All scripture is God-breathed, is what Second Timothy 3.16 says, and it is, it is useful, it is useful, it is edifying for training and for correcting and for whole living, for righteous living in Christ Jesus, and that we may be fully equipped for every good work that the Father has for us, our Father. Father, I thank you so much, Lord, that you've just given us your word and that you're just teaching us new revelations about who we are and our identity in Jesus. I'm in Matthew chapter 1, and I would just want to read, I'm going to read chapter 1, verse 1, all the way, and we're going to stop at verse 6, and then we're going to jump ahead. So it says this, a record of the genealogy, the lineage of Jesus Christ, son of David, 
the son of Abraham. It says, Abraham was the father of Isaac. We're going all the way back to the Israelites. So Jesus traces his bloodline all the way back to Abraham, whom the book of Hebrews says was a man of faith. So here we have Jesus coming from the bloodline of the man of faith. Abraham was the father of Isaac, whom Isaac was a picture of Christ being sacrificed on Mount Moriah, which Abraham took up before the Lord. And told Abraham, listen, sacrifice your son, your only son. And Abraham would do that for the father because Isaac was set up in Abraham's heart as somebody who was before the Lord. And so God had to cleanse that from Abraham, which is another wonderful word of God, which we will get into sometime. So Isaac is the father of Jacob, Jacob, the father of Judah and his brothers. So again, we're speaking of the Israelites here, Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez, the father of Hezron, Hezron, the father of Ram, Ram, the father of Aminadab, Aminadab, the father of Nation, Nation, the father of Solomon. Now, this is where it gets really interesting, because listen, we're talking about the people and the bloodline which came up to Yeshua, Jesus. These are the 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 instruments, the fleshly blood lineage that father used to bring forth the Messiah, the savior of the world. And we have these people in Jesus's bloodline, his lineage, that first it starts off, it seems very good. We have Abraham, we have Isaac, we have the patriarchs, we have the fathers, we have Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. And then we have tribes who came from that. And oh my goodness, and all of God's people and blessings that that just seem to flourish all through the Israelite heritage. And and then all of a sudden God comes along, he cleans the, the lineage, he cleans all of all of these people, sets them apart unto himself as a sacred people. So the magic is gone. Egypt is out of them, right? So all of a sudden God sets these people up and he says, listen, from you is going to come the Messiah, the savior of the world. Then we get into some other folks, but in verse 5, it says, Solomon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Now think about this, brothers and sisters. I want you to think about this. Who is Rahab? Why is Rahab in the lineage of Jesus? Who's Rahab? Rahab, all the way back in Joshua chapter 2, Rahab is a Gentile in Jericho who was a prostitute. Wait a minute. You're telling me that the bloodline that brought forth the Messiah had a prostitute in it? That's exactly what I'm telling you. It says, Solomon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Listen to this. So listen, then Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Now, if you've ever read the book of Ruth, oh my goodness, it's amazing. It's a, such a, it's, it's a, a picture of, of Boaz the Jew, Ruth the Gentile Moabite woman being grafted into Israel by marriage, right? So you have a prostitute Gentile. Then you have another Gentile, and these ones are the ones that brought forth who? Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of King David. If you want to talk about anybody who had a bloodline, who had a heritage that was polluted in any type of way, according to the law of Moses, it was Jesus. And yet, 
God chose to use Jew and Gentile to bring forth the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Why wouldn't he? Of course he would. Why wouldn't Father, in his loving kindness, include all of his creation, both Jew and Gentile, to bring forth the Messiah? Scripture tells us about the sins of the Father... Okay, being brought upon the sons, the children, right? This is what's called a generational curse. And a generational curse can follow an individual through their family, through the bloodline, because it's an open door. And yet we see that Yeshua, Jesus, is born from the bloodline of a Gentile and from a prostitute Gentile. And then King David comes from that, whom is considered a man after God's own heart. It gets better. I want you to follow along with me here because we're going somewhere. Let me tell you something about Yeshua Jesus. Listen, it says, thus there were 14, this is verse 7, thus there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exiles to the Messiah. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. So listen, here's what happens, right? Jesus is born through this polluted bloodline, if you will. And what ends up happening is God decides, I'm going to sidestep, I'm going to sidestep the polluted man's side And I'm going to bring forth Jesus through Jew and Gentile, one and Messiah, yes, but I'm going to bring them forth through my Holy Spirit. I'm bringing Jesus. I'm birthing something holy. And do you know that the generational curses that were upon a normal human being because of the attributes of the previous generations of their parents and fathers, that in Jesus, that all of that was null and void. Do you realize that when Jesus manifests himself in the life of a believer, that the believer is no longer under the curse that they were once under because of the things and the sins of the fathers and the heritage that you had before you came to Jesus Christ. The the strongholds, the chains, and the things that you had once you're born from above you've died with christ and you've been raised with him once you receive the deposit of the holy spirit inside of you every curse that was in your family lineage is no longer void is no longer valid excuse me and that curse that was once there because of adam and eve's sins no longer has authority because now you're born from above isn't this great news but it gets even better it gets even better. Listen to this. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. This is chapter, This is verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, before they knew each other, before they were official, she was found to be with child. Get this. She was found to be with child by the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit will birth something that always is going to end up making people question things. Listen to what it says. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Listen, Scripture says very carefully here 
Now, in an ancient Jewish wedding, the way that a Jewish individual will get married is that a Jewish individual will, the, 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 the man who is going to marry the, the woman will go to the woman's father and she, he will have a discussion with him and then he will give a bride price. He will give a gift to the father. What that does is that secures, that is what's considered the betrothal of the beginning of the wedding. This is actually part of the wedding. That's why it says that that when his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, it says that because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public chain, uh, disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. How could he divorce her if they weren't already in part of the wedding ceremony? So they're involved in the wedding ceremony already. He's he's pledged to be married. I want you to get the picture of this for a moment. It says Joseph was a righteous man. What does that mean? It means he was in right standing with God. What does that mean? In a Jewish culture, you would have the synagogue. You would have the community leadership. You would have the community elders. You would have your local priests or you would have your local rabbis of the time in Jesus time you would have a local rabbi who was head of your local synagogue and you lived in a village and everybody knew everybody and the synagogue worked as like the government if you will so the rabbis knew everything about Joseph they knew everything about Mary and they knew the law and Joseph knew the law and if a woman was found pregnant and she was pledged to be married to a man or a woman was found pregnant outside or prior to the, con- the the consummation of the marriage, according to law, Torah law, that woman and the man are both to be stoned if they're both found that they slept together before the, the covenant was, was finalized. Or if the woman was found to be the one who was unfaithful to the husband, she could be stoned to death. And yet here comes God breathing into Mary, giving the Holy Spirit inside of her this this ability to bring forth a child in her womb, and they're not even officially completely consummated the marriage yet. Do you realize what this did for Joseph and Mary in that town? Do you realize the snickers and the snurs and every little thing that the religious people said of that time to Mary and to Joseph? And Joseph just decided... It doesn't say Joseph went to God. It says Joseph decided that on his own, he was going to secretly divorce her because she was found pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. When the Holy Spirit decides to do something in your life, it's not going to be something that is going to be the easiest, simplest thing. He is going to put you in a position that God can use you for his glory. And he's going to do that in a way that sometimes the religious system, sometimes the religious people, sometimes those who claim to know Jesus and those who claim to be close to the Holy Spirit and the power of God are going to sneer and snicker and they're going to say that is not of God. And that is exactly what happened here when the child was put in Mary's womb by the Holy Spirit before the conception of the Mary, everybody from the outside was looking and saying... I don't know. What do you think happened with those two? Brothers and sisters, how many times does Scripture tell us not to sneer and snicker and not to stifle the Holy Spirit and not to put out the Spirit's fire? What is the Holy Spirit doing now? Listen to what Joseph did. Joseph, when he, when the Holy Spirit decided to move and do something powerful, when when the Holy Spirit decided to do something powerful, 
Joseph wanted to back away from God's plans and purposes because he didn't understand what the Holy Spirit was doing. Brothers and sisters, do you are you in a situation right now and, and, and you're just asking yourself, Father, I don't know what you're doing. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit has total access to you if you're a born-again follower of Jesus Christ, that he is dwelling inside of you, that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit? Do you realize that God is watching your every move and he knows everything you're doing right now and he hears every word that you speak out of your mouth and he's listening and he's waiting for you to ask him, Father, what should I do? But what did Joseph do? He did not do that in the midst of the Holy Spirit trying to birth something in his life. Verse 20 says, But after Joseph considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Don't be afraid, brothers and sisters, of what the Holy Spirit is conceiving right now in your life. It may seem as if it's a trial. God says he disciplines those whom he loves. What are you going through right now that the Holy Spirit is not aware of? Nothing. The Holy Spirit knows everything. What God the Father is saying is, listen, do not be afraid because what is being conceived is of the Holy Spirit to bring you to what? Listen to the end of the story. It says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Listen, what the Holy Spirit breathes and what the Holy Spirit births and what the Holy Spirit conceives is always a manifestation of Jesus. Wow. Everything the Holy Spirit does is to conceive, to bring forth and to pull out Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit. God is love, joy, peace, righteousness, patience, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness. He got his faithfulness. Listen, he's trying to birth Jesus in you. Understand that what the Holy Spirit is birthing right now to some people around you who may be stuck into some traditions that don't really understand the moving of the Spirit and some of these people that are so stuck in the law, they don't understand that there is freedom and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and the Spirit is trying to birth Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And right now, listen, it doesn't matter what your past is. Matthew chapter 1 is telling us that, listen, it didn't matter what Jesus' bloodline was because when the Holy Spirit came in, when the Holy Spirit birthed the Messiah, when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you're now born from your Father in heaven and now you are a son or a daughter of the Most High God and every single label that was ever placed on you your entire life no longer has any authority because God is the one who you, you have given the authority over your life. God is the one whom you said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I will make you my Lord and Savior. Yes, Lord. I want all of the promises and the yeses and the amens in Christ Jesus that you have for me, Father. Yes, Lord. I want the Holy Spirit to birth something new in me, a new revelation, Father, because I want to know who you are. And every name must bow to the name of Jesus. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 I keep asking that God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Listen to what it says. God wants you to know 
Him better. He wants you to understand Him better. It says that Jesus, Jesus was set up above every title, every name, every bullying accusation, every finger-pointing accusal that was ever placed your way was put on the cross. And God the Father is saying, listen, through Christ, you stand before me as a son or a daughter, but sons and daughters only do what they see their father doing. Sons and daughters, sons and daughters will, 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 will magnify what they've been taught by their parents, and we have no better parent than God the Father. Listen, it doesn't matter what your real, your, your earthly, your earthly father has ever done to you, how he's hurt you, whatever he's done. It doesn't matter what your earthly mother has ever called you or said to you. What's happening today, brothers and sisters, is that the power of the Holy Spirit, which came on upon the early church and comes upon us when we get born again, that Holy Spirit is the one who now tells us who we are because it says the Holy Spirit is our comforter. Aren't these comforting words? Aren't these words of life and not death? Isn't this for the building up and not the tearing down of the saints? Isn't this, listen, Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us. John 15 26 says he testifies on behalf of the Father. Acts 8 29 and Luke 4 1 says that he leads us. The Holy Spirit actually leads us. It says he appoints things in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. He appoints. He's the one who decides what is going to take place. He appoints. He appoints and he teaches us too. The Holy Spirit teaches us. Listen, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and 13, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 5, and John chapter 14 and 26 says that the Holy Spirit teaches us, but he can also be lied to, according to Acts chapter 5, verse 3 and 4. And what you don't want to do, brothers and sisters, is you don't want to say to the Holy Spirit that this is not from you, that this is not from God. The worst thing that you could possibly do is grieve the Holy Spirit. Do you know that you can only grieve somebody that loves you? You can only grieve somebody who genuinely has a desire to do everything for you in love and who wants to immerse you in love. It's a baptism of love is what the Holy Spirit wants to do. But you can grieve him and you can you can make him sad that that you're not willing to partake of the cup that the Father has of you. He has a cup for you. He had a cup for Jesus. And Jesus said that he drank the cup that the Father has given him. Today, will you drink the cup that the Father is handing you? Listen, if you don't understand the Holy Spirit and, and you don't understand Jesus Christ, listen, I just beg of you, would you contact us? Would you get a hold of us? We want to help you grow in your faith. We want to help you. We want to give you strength for this hour. God loves you. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this, this, this opportunity, what I'm speaking about right now, this is for you too. Would you just call out to him right now? Would you just say, Lord Jesus, I don't, I don't understand it, but I take in faith that you love me. I take in faith that you have a desire and a plan to not only know me, but to be in me and to live through me and to be intimate with me and to be my friend. But not only that, you want me to understand my heavenly father, the one who created me, who knows everything that I need. Father, I come before you right now and I repent of my sins, Lord. I realize I've lived a life so far away from you. I realize that I have lived a life that is shameful to your name and shameful to who you called me to be, Father. I ask you to forgive me, Lord Jesus. I ask you to make me a new man. I ask you, Father, to make me born again 
to make me your son or your daughter. If you're not living before the Lord right now in the finished work of Christ, you're an enemy. You're an enemy to Christ. Listen, God is love, but he is also a just God. And he cannot look upon sin and he cannot tolerate sin much longer. Father has been gracious and merciful to all of us for so long. It's been 2,000 years since Jesus was crucified. And yet, men tend in their hearts to crucify him all over again. But Jesus died once for all. The atoning sacrifice for all creation. So would you come to him today? Would you make him your Lord and Savior? Without submitting to his authority, there is no eternal life, but only eternal death and condemnation and Jesus said that those who do not believe in me already stand condemned these are the words of Jesus I'm telling you what Jesus said we have such a false idea of who Jesus is in 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 the world today and the world promotes a false Jesus but God is love and he loves you and you see the Holy Spirit's birthing something in you right now don't be afraid of it like Joseph was don't be afraid of it and don't say that you you're not good enough don't 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 lie don't don't lie to the holy spirit saying that you're not good enough for jesus to die for you listen look at jesus's lineage do you think that mary and joseph who were of the bloodline of 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 a, a, a prostitute and a gentile do you think that they were actually worthy to carry the messiah and yet father is calling you today in Christ. Come to Him in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast of Strength for the Hour. Our hope is that you have received rest, revelation, edification, sanctification, and truth. To learn more about this ministry and to be further strengthened in your faith, you can visit us at our website, www.fruitofthevine.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. There you'll find a link to our Facebook and YouTube. If you'd like to send us a letter, please write to Fruit of the Vine Ministries, P.O. Box 222, Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And for a final word of encouragement, here again is John Davison. Thanks, Alex. You know, God anointed the New Testament writers, and the Holy Spirit spoke through them and says this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And Jesus says this in the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, listen, I know your deeds. See, I place before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength. Yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters, that the word of God was able to penetrate into our hearts today and that the Lord gave us strength through his message as he spoke the word through his word by his Holy Spirit to you where you're at in your home and in your atmosphere. So I just thank you so much for taking your time and listening to the word of God with us today. We hope that you've been blessed, encouraged, and strengthened by the word of God. So thank you so much. God bless you and keep you in his perfect peace. In Jesus' mighty name, shalom.